thank you guys so much for playing for us uh, and putting that together. It actually fits in quite nice with this morning's uh, topic. Um, but I'll, I'll warn you, though, right now that um, it's going to seem a little bit weird going from what we just saw on the screen to what we're about to do right now. So bear with me. Okay, bear with me. Uh, go ahead and raise the lights up in the, main, in the house as well uh, so I can see everybody. Um, okay, here's what I need. I need uh, two volunteers per table. Just shoot your hand up real quick. Um, you're going to stay at your table, so don't worry. I'm not going to embarrass you. But two volunteers per table. Raise your hands. Two volunteers per table. Raise your hand real quick. Two volunteers per table. This is not that hard. All right, get your hands up, get your hands up. Keep them up. Keep your hands up. Okay, two Culver School freshman boys in the back. I need two volunteers. Two volunteers. There we go. One more. One more. One more. Hunter, yes, there we are. Okay, does every table have two? Every table has two? Okay, here's what's going to happen. I need my uh, waiters and waitresses to come on out here. And they're delivering something very tasty to you right now. And it's going to be Jello, or a cheap imitation of Jello. Uh, just, just each, just the two volunteers get the Jello, and you need a spoon as well. So now that you didn't volunteer, you're going to think, okay, I wish I'd volunteered now. So make sure each person that volunteered gets this, and we'll explain what's going to happen in just a moment. All right, if you're the volunteer, keep your hands up so they know who you are. Don't eat and don't it. Don't try to cheat and be like, oh. Don't eat it. Now yeah. that I, yeah, don't eat it yet. Don't eat it yet. Don't open it yet. Don't open it. Don't fight over chocolate versus vanilla. Okay, does everybody have one? Okay, all of my. Now here's what I need. Listen up. I need the two people that are doing this to sit next to each other. So arrange yourselves where you're sitting next to each other. Go ahead and do that real quick. You're sitting next to the person that is the other volunteer. Okay, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Listen up. Okay, um, we're going to have a little contest here. Uh, we're going to see which pair... Uh, from your table can eat this the fastest, okay? But here's what's going to happen. Okay, here's the catch. Here's the catch. You're not feeding yourself. You're feeding the other person, okay? So you are going to find a way to simultaneously spoon-feed the other person this jello, okay? And so tables, you might want to make sure you get, like, a piece of paper and put it on as a bib. You never know. And guys, just like with my son, listen up. Hey guys, listen up. Just like with my son, when a little bit dribbles out of the side, what do you do? You go like this with a spoon, okay? Right? That's what you do. Okay, so, alright, on the count of three, we're gonna go. And as soon as you're done, you stand up. As soon as you're done, you stand up, okay? Alright, alright, you, you can take the top off, take the top off right now, don't eat it yet. Take the top off the uh, the Jello deal. All right. Okay, we all good. All right. On the count of three, we're gonna go. When you're done, you stand up. All right. One, two, three. Go. 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 Hey, no, 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 no. You gotta feed like they gotta feed each other here. They gotta feed each other. That's how we're doing it. You gotta feed each other. 
You got a Fiesta? Come on, let's do this. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. No, and it's uh, going to be a very, very... If you want to do, like, the airplane to make it more interesting, that's fine. They're done, right? They're first. They're second. They're third. Fourth. Okay, we have our winners, but stand up once you're done. Stand up once you're done. Okay, so is everybody complete? You guys are still working on it over here? You guys just gave up over here, is that it? It's gone, okay. It's gone. All right. All right, so we have our winners. We have our winners. Our winners are at this table right over here. And who are the eaters over here? Who are the eaters of this table? Okay. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and throw your trash away. I do have to ask a couple questions for the people that participated in this whole endeavor. Hey, guys, uh, you can pull the music down, please. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, so for those that did this, I'll wait until kind of the commotion settles down a little bit before we move on. But, yeah, give the trash to someone. Let them take the trash to uh, the trash bins back there. Now, um, tell me, uh, for those that participated, tell me, what was it like being spoon-fed once again? Awkward. Okay. Any other words to describe that feeling? Yes. Okay, Matt says it was kind of enjoyable not having to feed himself. So that makes me concerned for Matt. Um, any other words to describe that? We got awkward. Matt thought it was great. He'll probably ask his dad to spoon feed him later today. Um, but other words to describe this feeling that you had, okay? Um, I'm sure that, does anybody here remember being spoon-fed as a kid? Can you recall this that, that long ago? Okay. Now, I want you to listen to this. Shh, 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 listen up. Okay. There's a reason why, listen up. There's a reason why, of course, none of you are spoon-fed today with food, and it's because you're mature, you can feed yourself, right? Like, you don't get up in the morning and say, you know, Mommy, Daddy, can you come feed me? Right? You don't do that. There's not a need to do that. And the reason why, listen up, guys, the reason why you don't do that with food is because you're mature enough to feed yourself, okay? And so you would not let someone spoon feed you with physical food. But here's my question, though. If, if we don't let people spoon-feed us physically, then why do so many of us demand that someone spoon-feed us spiritually? Okay? And so when you think about this, that you would never stand for someone spoon-feeding you physically. Would you never, if your friend said, hey, let me feed you, you'd be like, get away, you're weird. Right? That's just an awkward thing. But here's the reality. What's up? Most of us demand, not just allow, but most of us demand that someone spoon-feed us spiritually, and many people, many Christians do it for the rest of their lives. And they never learn how to feed themselves spiritually. So think about that for a moment as we talk about um, the book of Acts. And the purpose of this series is this. 
we want to give you guys a vision for how to feed yourselves spiritually. Not just study the Bible, we'll do that, but how to really feed yourself spiritually. A while back, uh, we went to New Orleans on a mission trip last spring break, and uh, one of the students on that trip, we're having a discussion one night, and he said, you know what, he said, I feel like I have no clue how to like really look at the Bible and feed myself spiritually. He said, I read these words, and it's like they're just words on a page. And I just feel nothing. I don't even know where to start with this book. And I began thinking about that conversation. I've had conversations since then that are similar. And I began thinking about um, this idea that I am a youth pastor, and it's my job to train you guys and to show you how to do this for yourselves. If all you do when you walk out of this building, when you graduate high school, is just look for the next person to spoon feed you, then I have failed as a youth pastor. And so my mission in this series is to teach you how to feed yourself spiritually, not just do it for you. Now, um, how do you guys like to eat out, go to restaurants? Raise your hand. Most of us do. Going to restaurants is great. I love going to restaurants because, obvious reasons, someone else is cooking and uh, I get to eat it. All right? And so I love going to restaurants. My wife and I both um, love watching Food Network, uh, love watching Top Chef. Like, we watch food being prepared on television while we're eating dinner. It's like a double whammy, okay? And so it's great. We we love to eat. We love to um, go to restaurants and stuff like that. But but here's the deal with restaurants. When, When someone fixes you food at a restaurant, they put lots of stuff in. They put lots of spices and stuff that you wouldn't normally get at your home because they're trying to make it like really just a great meal, okay? And uh, so you go to a restaurant, you eat, you eat their meal, and you walk out, you feel stuffed, you can take a nap later on. And uh, But here's the reality. You can eat out every day of your life but never learn how to cook, right? It's not as if the more you eat out, like, but you get better at cooking. It doesn't happen that way, okay? And so my fear is that you guys keep coming here on Sunday mornings, but you never learn how to cook. You never learn how to feed yourself spiritually. Because here's the reality. If all you do is eat out once a week and that's it, you're going to starve, right? You're going to starve. And the same thing is true spiritually. If all you do is get fed by me or get fed by Gary and that's it, You're going to starve spiritually. You're going to starve spiritually. And so um, my son is is three and a half years old. And he's at the age now where he can eat for himself, but there are still days where he's just kind of like, doesn't feel like doing it. He's just like, no, I don't want want to. You feed me. I'm sitting there going, Landon, you're almost four years old. Other kids know how to feed themselves, you know, and they can feel a little bit guilty about it. And uh, But here's what he does. There are times where I have to, like, mix entertainment into feeding him, okay? And so um, if he's not wanting to eat, he'll be like, he'll be like Daddy, uh, do, do the airplane. And I'm like, okay. And so uh, to get him to eat, I've got to, like, mix in entertainment to feed him. I'll be like, okay, here's some spaghetti. Okay, the airplane's going to come in. I'm like, meow. And he opens his mouth and it goes in. And he's, okay, now do the helicopter, Daddy. Now do the, uh, feel like makeup. He's, now do the, um, do the other kind of airplane, all right? And so I've got to, like, mix in entertainment 
to, like, just feed him dinner sometimes, okay? But let me tell you something. Some of you guys are the exact same way spiritually, okay? Some of you guys that come in here Sunday mornings, you sit back and you're just like, all right, what are you going to say to me, Dave? Are you going to entertain me? It's like you demand that I entertain you while we feed you spiritually. And if we don't, you're just like checked out on your iPhone, checking the Internet. You're just kind of like, come on, monkey, dance. Dance for me, monkey. And if I don't do it, it's like, okay, I'm out. I've checked out. And so the question I want to ask you today is, will you be willing to dive into this book with us this semester and learn how to feed yourself spiritually? And not just demand that you get entertained, not just demand that you um, that we do the airplane for you while we're feeding you spiritually, okay? That you really want to have a passion for feeding yourself spiritually. Now, coming to church is still important, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying just feed yourself at home when you're good to go, because you need community. But will you be willing to feed yourself spiritually? You've got a card at your table that we put together last semester. I've been waiting to give these to you for a while, but um, it's a card you can put in your Bible. These are questions that you can ask of any Bible passage and learn how to go through a passage of Scripture for yourself, okay? These are broad questions that you can ask of any Bible passage and learn how to study it for yourself, learn how to have God speak to you in that passage, okay? And so this is the the whole point of this whole series that we're doing. Um, Now, we're going to be looking at the book of Acts, and uh, let me tell you why we chose the book of Acts. Um, the book of Acts, I think, has great stories. Um, there are some powerful stories in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is basically at the, after the Gospels, and it is the, um, the book that, that talks about how the church began. Uh, the first martyr is Stephen in the early part of the book. The first guy to die for his faith is in this book. Uh, the conversion of Paul, who used to be called Saul, he used to kill Christians. Then he got killed for his faith later on. An amazing man. Uh, the conversion of Paul is in this book and how he got, came to know Christ. Um, a crazy story in the early part of the book. There's this couple named Ananias and Sapphira who lie to the Holy Spirit and they lie to the church about how much money they gave or what, what the purpose of the money was for. Holy Spirit strikes them dead right there. Okay? I mean, imagine that happening today where you're, you're passing out, like, the offering plate here, and you put your money in, and you just, like, fall dead, all right? Because God recognizes the deal, motives of your heart, and decides to strike you dead. Right? How crazy is that, okay? So we'll look at that passage later on in the semester. Um, also, uh, there's this really cool story where Paul is preaching, and it says that he preached for a long, long time. He preached so long that this guy in a windowsill fell asleep, fell out of the window, and died. Okay? I mean, seriously. And what does Paul do? He goes and resurrects the guy. All right? Like, how cool would that be? I'm preaching up here for three hours, and someone falls over dead. And then, it's just, that'd be an amazing story to tell. That's in the book of Acts. So there's tons of, of great stories in this book. Um, there's a shipwreck with Paul. Uh, there are rescues. This whole thing plays out like a movie, so it's an exciting book. I do want to give you a few uh, background things about Acts. I'll call these my Acts facts, okay? Uh, so 
Go to the next slide. And uh, go to the next slide, and we'll show you what these are. Um, the first Acts fact is that it's written by Luke. Now, Luke also wrote what other biblical book? Luke. You guys are really smart. All right. So the book of Acts is kind of like a movie sequel. Um, you guys have seen movies before where it's like the first one is okay, the second one's better, the third one's horrible, right? That's how it normally goes. Um, but Acts is like the movie sequel to Luke. And so uh, they're both written by Luke. In fact, in the early days, these two books were kind of seen as together, Acts and, and, and the book of Luke. And so Luke is, of course, about the, uh, the life of Christ. Acts is about the early life of the church. Now, Luke, what was his profession? What was he? He was a doctor. So he's a fairly smart individual. And uh, he was not one of the 12 disciples, but he researched for his books kind of like a newspaper reporter. He would talk to people, discuss the people. In fact, many believe that he actually interviewed uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, before he wrote the book of Luke. So that's why in the book of Luke you have a longer account of of the birth of Christ in that book. Some, some think that he actually went to Mary and talked to her about it on a personal level. Imagine that, like interviewing Mary. So what was it like to give birth to the Son of God, right? I mean, imagine that interview and just being there and hearing that exchange. So it's written by Luke. The second Acts fact is that um, I used to always wonder, like, what is this, what is Acts? Like, what does that mean exactly? Uh, you guys think of body spray when you hear of that word, but this is a different kind of spelling. Uh, but it's really Acts of the Apostles. This book is talking about the Acts of the Apostles, like what they did after Jesus ascended. Some also have called it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is throughout this entire book. And so I guess it could be called that as well. But uh, we'll stick with Acts of the Apostles for uh, the purposes of the series. Um, the major theme of this book is witness. This book is all about how a group of nobodies were raised up in the power of the Holy Spirit to witness for Jesus. That's the theme of the whole book. You're going to see how this thing plays out uh, throughout this whole series. And then lastly, um, this book shows how the gospel spread uh, throughout that part of the world. Um, the gospel was preached to the Jews first, and then went out to the Gentiles, people that were not Jews, after the Jews rejected Jesus as Savior. Um, you're going to see in this book how the gospel goes from Jerusalem. Get this. The gospel goes from Jerusalem all the way to Rome in less than 35 years. I mean, that was like the known world at the time, okay? Um, there may have been people over here that we didn't know about, but at the time, it was like that was, this was the world in their eyes. And so the gospel went from Jerusalem all the way to Rome in 35 years or so. I want to show you some pictures of, of some things in Rome that, um, I went to Rome a few years ago, and, uh, and they have places in Rome that, it's kind of funny because you'll be walking through and they'll say, well, this is where they think this happened. They're not really, not really quite sure, but they think this happened here. And you're going, that's kind of cool, I guess. You don't really know what to, you're like, what should I, should I take a picture here or should I just not worry about it, you know? Well, these, um, this one church in, uh, in Rome, these are the chains that they think actually were wrapped around Peter's hands and feet at one point. They think these are the chains that wrapped Peter up in Rome. And so if you know anything about, about history, um, 
Peter and Paul actually ended up in Rome and gave their life in Rome for Jesus. They went from Jerusalem all the way to Rome and gave their life for Christ in that city. And these are the chains that they think may have actually been around Peter's hands and his feet as he was being bound by the Roman authorities to eventually give his life up for Christ. The next slide is a picture of St. Peter's. And uh, this is actually um, the big thing. Whenever you see the, the, the Pope on TV, he's out, he's, he walks out kind of like, you know, Hey everybody, you know, he's like got his hands in the air, he's doing this number with his hands and all that. This is where that happens. And uh, this is St. Peter's Basilica, and it's actually um, underneath all the popes of previous years are buried beneath the church in what's called the crypt. So you walk through the crypt, and it's just pretty eerie because people are walking through, and, and you've got nuns and priests kind of walking through paying their respects to all the recent popes that have died in the last few years. And... Uh, but this is a spot, they built this church here because they think that's where Peter was crucified upside down. Peter was someone, when he was put to death by the Roman authorities, they were going to crucify him, but they crucified Jesus. Here's what Peter said. He said, I am not worthy to be killed like my Savior. So people believe that he was crucified upside down because he would not allow them to crucify him in the same way that Christ was crucified. That's how he gave his life for Christ. And many think that it happened here at this spot, and they built a church here because they think this is where it happened. Next slide is a picture of the Roman Colosseum. Anybody here seen this in person? A few of you? Um, This and many places like this throughout the Roman Empire, these are places, of course, where Christians were put to death. Where Christians were killed by Roman emperors. You see the, uh, the tunnels beneath the ground. There was a staging area right there. You can see where it used to be. But beneath where those tunnels are on the ground, they would house um, large animals, lions and tigers. And, uh, and they would allow these animals to come up through the floor of the, of the uh, stadium floor and, and add to the, the trauma of, of killing the Christians. There'd be gladiators, the whole deal. And so in these places, there were Christians that sacrificed and spilt their blood for their faith, for their faith in Jesus. And the reason why I show you all those things is because I want you to see that this thing called Christianity, it it changed things. It, It changed the Roman Empire. In 35 years, it went from Jerusalem all the way to Rome. To the point where the Roman authorities thought they had to kill it. And so they tried to kill Christians. And obviously it didn't work. I mean, it's amazing to think that you and I are here today because of the blood that was spilt by the people that got killed in that arena right there. That's just powerful when you think of it. That we are here today because of the stories that we see in Acts. That the people in Acts are basically our spiritual Fathers, that we would not be here right now worshiping Jesus the way we are if they had not taken this mission so seriously to spread the gospel throughout the world. We would not be here today if they had not done that. And so I'll tell you real quickly why I love this book. Then we're going to break out uh, briefly into some breakout groups. But why I love the book of Acts is I think it shows the messiness of church. 
Most people think that uh, the church today is all messed up, but like way back when, it was really, really good. Okay? Let me tell you, read the book of Acts, and we see how messed up even the early church was. Disagreements, division, divisiveness, all of that stuff was still there even back then. But here's what you also see. In spite of that fact, the people you're going to learn about in the book of Acts did not abandon the church. They fought for the church. And so in a day where, where you guys sit today, people drop church like it's a bad habit, right? They're just like, okay, I didn't like that one thing about that church. I'm not going back ever again, okay? And so the challenge will be to you guys, will you fight for the church in the same way that many of these men and women fought for the church? Will you see it as that important and that powerful? The book of Acts also, uh, I think, shows that the gospel is for everyone. It's for rich people, poor, educated, uneducated, blue-collar, white-collar, Aggies, Longhorns. It's for everybody, okay? The gospel is for everyone. It, it divides racial, ethnic, cultural boundaries. The gospel, this book also shows us that the, the uh, it also shows us the reality of suffering in the lives of Christians. There, there is no promise from God that when you become a Christian that everything is just great when it comes to your, your everyday life. It shows us how Christians go through suffering because of their faith. These guys all died the same way that Jesus did. And so it shows us how to handle suffering as a Christian. It also shows us that the gospel can change anyone. If the, listen to this. If the gospel can change someone like Paul, someone who murdered Christians, then he got murdered for Christ. If the gospel can change someone like Paul, if the gospel can change the Roman Empire, then it can change Belton High School. It can change Temple High School. It can change CDCS. It can change Academy, Troy. It can change the place where you go to work. It can change you. There is nobody in this room that should think about themselves that I am unchangeable. God can't change me. Whatever your past is, God sees it as your past. Look at Paul's past. If God can change Paul, he can change us. And so I hope that you catch that vision of this book, that the gospel can change anyone. And not just people, but whole systems, whole cultures can change because of the cross. And I hope you get that from this book. Now the question you might be asking is, okay, well Dave, how can I live as boldly for my faith as the people that are in this book? Because I mean, these guys saw Jesus. They saw him face to face. Like, how can I live that boldly? I thought this past week about this idea. Do you realize that, that, that when Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit came and entered into the disciples and the people that saw Jesus firsthand, that that's when they became bold? I'm not saying Jesus kept them from that. I'm just saying that when Jesus left, the Holy Spirit comes down and indwells Christians at that point, the day of Pentecost. How amazing is it that that's when they got bold? 
When Jesus was there, they were total wimps. Remember? When Jesus was there, it was like they're denying him. They're like, pretending like they don't even know him and stuff. And then he leaves, and they go, wait, he, he was legit. Holy Spirit empowered them to live boldly for their faith. And they did all the way to their death. So we're going to look at these guys in their lives. What I want to do right now is uh, we're going to um, do some breakouts. We're going to do some breakouts a little bit different today. We're going to do breakouts based on uh, grade and gender to give our leaders a chance to see who is their student and, who, and, and see who their groups are. And so we're going to stay here in the main room. But what we're going to do, though, is we're going to move around a little bit. Um, if you are a discussion, if you're an intern or volunteer, then on your way to your breakout, come and grab this uh, piece of paper up here, discussion questions. But um, we're going to put freshman girls in that corner over there in the couch area. Bring chairs with you if you need to. So freshman girls over there, uh, freshman guys over there in that corner with those couches. We'll do, um, we'll do this. We'll do, we'll do sophomore girls, this table right here, sophomore girls over here at this table. Sophomore guys back there at that table right there. And then upperclassmen guys, upperclassmen guys at this table, upperclassmen girls at that table back there. Okay, got it? So make your way and have some discussion and go ahead and pray for your tables whenever you're, whenever you're finished. Everybody know where they're supposed to go? Okay.